I ain't never been the loudest in the room The higher the volume, the more imminent the doom Don't play yourself, kid, play the system The US government, the largest walking contradiction Listen, if you wanna see impossible, then look at me My DNA is cut exquisitely from the best of sheets If I'm lying, I'm flying, and I'm ten toes solid On the same soil that my grandfather's was walking Know your history Welcome, friend, to Quantum Theory, a podcast solely focused on amplifying black and indigenous voices. Let's go get them. <laughs> Finally, what the heck is going on? I can't you hear are you. Muted now. Your face, oh. though, was saying so much as soon as it popped right back on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I was so mad. All right, let's do this again. I love how our entire conversation before hitting record was chill. And then the moment we hit record, yes. now things want to like <laughs> be an yep. absolute mess. The universe. What are you trying to tell us? Yo, Playing you games. Know, say, if games. at first you don't succeed, pick yourself up and try again. Start it from the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> She works hard for the money, you know. Yes. Low key, the universe just uh, provided us with a playlist, so you know, thank you for that. Way to start off our next episode of Quantum Theory with that. What playlist? Yo, we just said it right there. Started from the bottom. Try again, Aaliyah. Oh. (laughs) She works hard, Donna Summer. You know. Yes. I get it. I get it. It's the middle of a week. I'm Yo, no worries. Uh, you already threw on the first track. I believe it was the Dougie Fresh version of Let Me Clear My Throat and the second track oh, yeah. uh, with Whitney Houston mm-hmm. Step by Step. So there we are. We have a, a five song playlist so we far. We do. We might have to create a quantum theory soundtrack. Oh my gosh. It'll be the one. <laughs> season one, season two. It'll show our whole evolution. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, right. we work through it all. Here we are in our next episode. Yes. How are you beyond, you know, what we experienced in the last five minutes? The technical difficulties, the <laughs> story of my life. Yeah, has that, that been <laughs> the week no. for you? <laughs> no, it's been good. It's been good. Just working, 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 pounding the pavement. Okay. I'll be home this weekend for our Juneteenth event. You guys oh are probably sick of gosh. me talking about it. And it's about to go down. So, Yo. like I said, it was crunch time. So now it's all or nothing. We'll see what happens. Oh, yeah. Let Jesus take the wheel. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and it's hopefully it's the steering wheel and not the passenger side, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, we've got a fun weekend ahead of us. Week's been good. Um, just a lot of early mornings, late nights. Um, yeah. Working out bead work. Living that beater's life. But um, <laughs> has your Has your schedule been, like, super intense so that it's going into your sleep schedule Actually, or what? No, but I've been, I picked the wrong time to try to figure, like, get a sleeping schedule. I okay. was like, yes. okay, okay, I got this, I read this audiobook called The 5 a.m. Club. Okay. That's what it's called. And it's basically teaches you how to become a morning person because if yes. you, if, and if you know me, if anyone knows me, I am not a morning person and I've been trying to become one for the last 27 years and it does not work out for me. So it's going, it's, this is my, my new, my new practice, and yes. I'm going to, I'm trying to think of the word. Is it revelation? Like, I'm really going to try to do it this time. Okay. And so I've been trying to go to bed by, like, 
be in bed by 11. Yes. And hopefully my goal, ultimate goal is to get to at least by 5.30. is a little crazy, but like 5.36 would be reasonable for me. Yeah. Um, and so I've been trying to get up earlier, go to sleep earlier, wake up earlier, don't eat so heavy at night, work mm-hmm. out early enough. So I've been trying these different practices. Um, some days I get up earlier than most. Some nights I don't get as much sleep. So it's a process. You know, nothing's easy in the beginning. Like I said, I probably picked the wrong time to do this meeting <laughs> that, you know, I need to actually like get work done yeah. and get things done but i don't know Yo, but that's yeah dope. that's been been my week i love it getting up early is so essential i haven't had that practice in a while mm-hmm. there was about a good four months when i was going to sleep i was going to bed at 8 30 i'd read for about 20 minutes and fall asleep at nine and then i would mm-hmm. get up around five o'clock See, and your goals. That's what I'm trying to get to. Uh, I've started the reading. Yeah. You know? Okay. Well, I wouldn't <laughs> I say me. Reading. Like I said, I only kept that up for a few months. <laughs> yeah. And see, that's my problem is I'll get go. I'll, I can go strong for like two or three days and then okay. I fall right back into my habits to where okay. I'm up until like 3 a.m. or 6 a.m. working on a project and then I don't get up till one or two or something crazy. Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to get there. I think we're like mornings are the real boss moves as they opposed are, to the late nighters. Yeah, and so I feel like I take all those boss moves, but I'm always my life is like constantly rushing to do one thing and the next thing, and I want to be able to have that time where the world is sleeping to mm-hmm. get things done and not worry about them and go into my day stress free and be prepared for anything that kind of comes my way unexpectedly and yeah whatnot and it'll be noon and you'll have like already taken care of yourself you'll Mm -hmm. have these like other moments to put in something else small and then you'll knock out four of your tasks and you're like all right i'm halfway through my day look at me it's dope when you can do it for sure and it gets stressful because it's like when you don't have the morning to do all of that and Mm -hmm. let's say it is noon and you're just starting your day or 10 a.m you're just starting your day you know, you don't have, like, control of everyone else you're working with. Like, oh, hey, this just came up. Can you shoot me an email or shoot me this or do me this? And it's like, then you feel scrambled because you're like, I still have all this stuff. I'm trying to do all these habits or I'm trying to, like, stick with. And it's harder to do it because the world's being thrown at you. So when you can get it all out of the way, that's the real real vibe. Yo, and it's key to uh, mental health, too. Because, Mm -hmm. again, yeah, when you can regulate, we're creatures of habit, you know? And mm-hmm. if you look at your day, if you look at your week, if you look at your month, we do things habitually. Even how we dry mm-hmm. off coming out of the shower. If you really take note, you probably towel yourself off the same way every day. Oh, yeah, we do. We're we creatures do. Yeah, of habit. Everything. And so when you think mm-hmm. about that, it's like, well, then what are the habits that I'm putting into my day? But I notice mm-hmm. the way that I'm able to optimize certain parts of my day because I've just done it habitually. That doesn't yeah. mean that those things are the best. Some of those mm-hmm. things involve my phone some of those things involve yes, that's a bad one you know uh tv or just other things so then i have to sit back and examine well what are the habits that i'm putting into each one of my days and looking at it directly to see how it correlates to the life that i'm living so that's why when you're like oh that's goals your goals i'm like nah, me currently no because i'm mm-hmm. not in that there was a time when i was able to hold it down and that was so good for my mental health again i felt the most powerful in my business life as well as in my personal life and it was allowing for a lot of growth even physically because of the amounts of sleep that i was getting because i was making myself go to sleep early in order to have an early morning 
Anyways, it's cool when you can put those habits into place because then it shows up in your life in these unexpected ways. So I'm excited for your journey. And, uh, you know, hopefully you lock down that 530 (laughs) routine like you were saying. I mean, when pigs fly, that's kind of feel like my gut is that's where it's at. But I'm going to (laughs) try. I'm I'm keeping the positive mindset. And I really am going to try to get there. So like I woke up today. It was 544. Okay. Go to the bathroom, you know. I'm like, huh, I can kind of stay awake right now. Like, okay. I might just start my day. And I was like, huh, well, let's just round it up to 6 o'clock. Let me avoid that time. <laughs> And I did not get back up for hours. And I'm like, Michaela. The roundup will get you, you in trouble. You better. <laughs> exactly. You do better. It will better. get you in trouble every time. <laughs> might as well even it out a little bit. I'm saying. No. Yeah. If I could negotiate for so many of my other causes and things the way that I negotiate with myself getting out of bed in the morning, mm-hmm. masterful. Let me tell you. Gosh, I know. Masterful. Whew. Well, <sighs> speaking so we'll of see, pounding we'll the pavement, that's uh, that's been my thing lately mm-hmm. is running. Yes, I've been keeping up with this running journey, honey, that you've been up to. Low-key, it's because I was rocking the exact same Nikes for like the last four and a, like four years, I want to say. They were mm-hmm. busted down. They were talking back to me because, you know, the glue was coming undone. They were flapping in the front. Everything was just wild. And then I ended up getting a new pair of Adidas, and they're mm-hmm. nice and bright, and they're ready for summertime, and they don't feel like walking shoes. They feel like getting out and moving type shoes. So, yeah, I've been hitting the pavement again, running. Good. It's been years, and uh, my body is reminding me of that. <laughs> <laughs> I hate running, so kudos to you. I do not run. Nobody even tries it. Tries to ask me, hey, let's go for a run. No. <laughs> they just know off top. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I'm glad you started that journey. Yeah, it's That's been good. Been. Well, because then it gets me back outside. Because, you know, this whole pandemic has really enabled the hermit in me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, all of us. Just uh, being able to sit in a corner and be by myself and not be bothered by anybody else and for it to be completely okay mm-hmm. in the way that it has been in the last year. And even, not even okay, just kind of forced upon us, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, It's been a process breaking out of that. So, yeah, getting out and running again has been awesome. It is funny, though, however, and I have remarked about this on my Instagram, my personal Instagram, which I think sharing about this might even help more, is how even though I go out for these walks and these runs around my neighborhood for a sense of like joy and release for me as my in my spirit, it's really hard in my neighborhood here in Spokane because the houses around me have these external shows of hatred, just Mm -hmm. to be honest about it. Uh, So I'll walk through my neighborhood and, you know, I see placards with their semi-automatic rifles interlocking in front of a, in in front of an American flag or tons of blue lives matter flags uh, and Trump train and Trump 2020 and uh, white lives matter billboard or like signs and bumper stickers. This is all around my neighborhood. Yeah. I was even walking the other day and like one of my neighbors had this really sweet moment with his daughter. And I was like, oh, how cute is that? Just a dad and daughter out in the front yard taking care of stuff. And then I look and I'm on the side of his calf is like this huge Confederate flag. And it has two semi-automatic rifles interlocking in front of it and a little army helmet on top of the flag. 
Uh, oh, wow. You know, like this big, beautiful moment. I'm like, really? Really? Yeah. And then it made me feel bad because then I was just like, that child is growing up in hatred, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's frustrating because as much as I want to be hopeful about the things that we are doing and we have been doing forever, you also have to see, well, that's a whole generation already affected. You know, Mm -hmm. say that young child grows to be 80-something, 90-something, and say that she doesn't experience people outside of what she's experiencing right now. Mm -hmm. That's a whole other 100 years of work in a different direction from the one that, you know, we're working in. And so it's, it's just wild to me. And uh, it's it's a weird thing to mitigate as I go out for these runs. For sure. Yeah, I don't blame you. That would drive me crazy. <laughs> At some point, I would probably run through the yard, snatch that thing off, <laughs> and keep running. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's a trip. I think the biggest thing is that it inspires a sense of rebellion. Uh, the other day, I walked down the strip and I had like this big bright outfit on and I was listening to like old school brandy or something and I was switching my hips heavy down the road in front of all these flags and whatnot and just like living my gayest life in the Mm -hmm. best way because it felt like a form of protest you know me with my brown skin in my crazy bright outfit uh, prancing down the street uh, the street that has all these signs and bumper stickers and placards of things that are anti me. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it just kind of felt like a little act of rebellion to put on my best walk. Yeah. <laughs> so for sure. if anything, it at least uh, creates opportunity for small bits of activism. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just and that's the, the parts that suck. <laughs> well, that's the part that sucks is like, as even, you know, we have our right to wear what we want to wear and say yeah. what we want to say, but the sad part is it immediately makes us a target. So it's like we yeah. have to somehow be smart in our strategy and how we choose to kind of wear that activist hat because, you know, you never know what could happen. You know, and we are already so a right. target, you know, just running, you know. Yes. Ahmad Arbery, you know. Yes. And so that's what's just hard. It's like, we shouldn't have to settle for living in a world full of hate, hatred. So, yes. but we also have to be so strategic on, you know, how we choose to vocalize that. So, yeah. It's, it can be stressful. So, it is. Kudos to you. Well, for, thank you. And thank you, you even for, for, for bringing that out too. Because actually, Outfit actually went into my last run because I was deciding between two shorts. And I was like, I don't want to dress in all black. So I wanted to break up my my color palette you know so i actually included some color because i just thought it would be weird for me to go running in all black Mm -hmm. uh and so then i put on some shorts that were a little bit shorter than i expected uh and then i remember as soon as i got outside of my house uh there was a guy driving by and he gave me the wickedest look just like the fuck you know Uh, Mm because you know i like to have my thighs out for me again that's another that's another form of protest it's like me breaking out of toxic masculinity Anyways, uh, it was crazy because I actually did that. And then I remember having that moment and I was just like, oh, girl, don't judge me. You know, Uh, (laughs) here come. He was probably actually just concerned for me because, yeah, my thighs were out and those were not running shorts. So (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, exactly. I was like uh, halfway through that run and I was like, what is that heat in between my legs? I was like, oh, it's starting to burn. (laughs) Yeah, these were not the right shorts. Anyways, it was funny though because I actually chose those shorts just to break it up so that I wasn't as threatening. You know, I was like, well, if I bring my girls out, you know, they'll know that I'm a, you know, I'm I'm a queer boy out here. I'm not threatening. Um, It has Mm -hmm. some color in it. Whereas like the, the, other outfit that I had, basically just all black, you know, long sleeve with a hood, uh, you know, shorts, and I don't know. It just didn't feel like it was the most comfortable, th- or not not comfortable. You get what I'm saying, though, what you were talking about. Like, uh, yeah. like it would be the best thing for me to wear around uh, mm-hmm. in this time. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's crazy you brought that up, because it actually did play into one of my scenarios. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the famous uh, well Zoe, as we uh transition through i actually want to bring up the fact that we didn't do a quote-unquote nest purse word last episode as something specific we didn't no yeah i guess we didn't you we know just right into our our guest. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have one for us today? Well, I was actually wondering if we could both supply one in response to the question mm. of what is your favorite Nest Purse word? There's a lot of them. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Michaela. Oh, gosh. My favorite <laughs> one. And shout out to Selena. Sahis kiss. Okay. my favorite word. And it explains myself because it means the goat. But... <laughs> If you want that's as raw as it gets, that's my favorite word. Sahiskis. It's really hard to say for some people, and I like that I can say it. And I just, I don't know. I like that where there's a lot of fun attached to that word when I was in high school. So, Sahiskis. My favorite word. Sahiskis. Sahiskis. Yeah, that's goat. Mountain goat, I believe. I see. I could have lied just then. I, I could have okay. been like strong spiritual leader from oh, the mountains never, who only never. drinks water. But you know, nobody would ever know. But at least I was honest with you. <laughs> like, goat is my yes. So All right, yo, and I'm learning something. I didn't know that one. Oh my gosh, my cheeks hurt. I'm giggling. <laughs> oh man, me and my cousin Selena, we used to say like I don't know because we took. As per his language, obviously, and we were a part of the elite class this senior year. Like, okay. They, like, sectioned Y'all us. Better. I don't know why they had to do it this way. They, like, sectioned us off for the all of the well-spoken. Y'all are the yep, leaders. Yep. The well-spoken <laughs> kids. And so the most we would tradish. always mess with each other in Dimi Putent. And so we always would be like, you're a Hilschlik sush. So he's kissing that means dirty goat. <laughs> like, I don't know. So I think... <laughs> Don't ask me why, but that was really, really, the word just brings me back to a fun time. I love it. Thank you so much for that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And yo, Selena's your And then here's you. Yeah. We, I don't, like native way, we don't know, we don't necessarily know how, but we are. So like, she's Ellenwood. My grandma's Ellenwood. All right, we're related. So I'm sure my, my family could break it down a little bit more, but. Well, yeah, Selena's yeah. my little cousin, too. Uh, we're all related. So exactly. That's why I can't date, date <laughs> the Mimi Pumen because it's like, I don't want to take that risk. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
You got a full examination before even responding to yeah. a text. I want to keep the bloodline strong, but I mean, not with it, not, not within the fam. So I'm a little scared. Oh my gosh! Wow. <sighs> Your words about to be super strong and intelligent oh, no. and intellectual. Not <laughs> at all. My response. My favorite nest purse word is kootenu. I don't there know. You go. Literally, I say that all the time. Kootenu. Uh, and I love it. It works so well for so many things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's my favorite. There you go. Yeah. Well, at least, no, that's it's a, simple. That's, in a sense, it's a powerful word to use because it almost means you're open to learning more, depending on how you use it. If you just say kootenu and walk away. But like, I mean, I think to, it's mostly... To be able to own up to not knowing something, I <laughs> yes. think is very, you know, I'm trying yeah. to find the power in your in your word, but I'm just playing. Oh. But no, I think there's, I think there's a lot of, I feel like that's a good word. Well, thank you. Because it leads Thank you for, for ba- validating my word. Nate. <laughs> <laughs> well... You validated mine and mine was good. It dope. actually so. does have power because... I didn't think of it in the way that you thought of it, of like, oh, it's okay to not know. I'm like, I would rather not know. Uh, so, yeah, when people are really? talking and telling me stuff, and I'm like, kootenu. <laughs> like, but typically, don't, I don't know. people don't use, like, well, usually that's like a cutoff word, right? Like, most people be like, kootenu, and they keep it pushing. Like, they don't ask for more, typically. Oh, but yeah. I, t- I think it takes a strong person to say they don't know. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of defensive people in the world who are too prideful to say they don't know. I feel no it. No matter what language it's in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's so good. And here we are co- contributing Nimi Putent to media itself. Gang, gang. You know? Yes, very, very, very important. Which brings us to our next topic. Exactly. It's media. <laughs> and just like you said, like, I don't know whoever, I don't know who caught that reel on Instagram, but you recently said that you are not engaging in Shona. basically white white media. or Yeah, which you, I... You, you yeah. said it in a better way, but like basically nothing provided or um, established by a white person, which is very hard to do. It so is. So kudos and utmost respect to you. Well, thank but, you. But, um, so why did you do that? Oh my gosh, a lot of reasons. Take us, run it, run it back real quick. Yeah. Before we jump in. Yeah, for sure. Ooh. Okay, well, half of the story is trauma, and the other half is just a revelation. Again, breaking down the days, so becoming, we talked about this in our mental health discussion, becoming very Mm -hmm. intentional with your life and what you want to do and how we read these books and we started guiding ourselves. And so one of those things really showed me the way that we have a limited number of hours in our day and a limited number of days in our life. And so we can make, we're presented with choices every day and Mm -hmm. the world that we live and the world that we see is a representation of the choices we make. And so then yes. when I started thinking about that, I was like, well, I keep inundating myself and my body and my environment with these things that don't necessarily align with the world that I want to see when I'm 75, 85. And those things aren't just going to happen because time has passed. No, they will only happen because I will have practiced these things and put them into place around me. And Mm -hmm. so once I made that realization, then it helped me to decide which things I wanted to put in my space and which things I didn't. And Mm -hmm. for me, growing up and not having that deep wealth of 
media of history of familial connection that was pressing way back into history on either my black side or my native side just because of the the circumstances of the world that we live in you know I didn't grow up with all that support and all that beautiful imagery and media and stuff to help me and that's stuff that I want to create for future generations and so then I had to understand well if this is something that I see in my future then it is up to me to choose each day to work in that direction. And so it just helps me to step back and look at that. Um, so that's yeah. that part of it, is or the, the, the intellectual kind of part of it and kind of spiritual. Um, and then I guess the trauma is really just the looking back to the times of, that like whiteness has really affected me. Uh, and yeah. And, and yeah. <sighs> And I guess yeah. one last addendum to that, because what it really switched to is I saw on a Hulu commercial, and I never even watched the show, yet one of the previews of the show, it showed these two women who were roommates, and one of the women had a boyfriend, and the boyfriend was over in the apartment. And something happened between the boyfriend and the roommate, and then he was like, oh, aren't you going to apologize? And she said to him, I don't apologize to white people. And she was this black woman, Ooh. and she said it so plainly. And so assertively, and I, and I sat there and I watched that and I was like, wait, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, and just seeing that one image alone, it really helped affirm this thing of, you know, like, I don't have to make myself available to this anymore. I don't Mm -hmm. have to kowtow, bow down, um, defer to this thing. Yeah. I can create my own space. You know, that's my reclamation. That's my indigenizing that's my you know putting myself back into my roots mm-hmm. uh, because yeah the centering of the colonial structure the centering of these others um, and deferring to that as the primary if I keep doing that then I'm not going to achieve the result that I'm actually looking for I need to put yeah. those different mm-hmm. things into practice mm-hmm. in order for them to come out in my life and in, in the world yeah, for sure. And kudos to you. That's not an easy choice. Yeah. Well, those slave movies will drive you, you know, and oh, watching enough yeah. Indians get killed, <laughs> it'll drive you to that. Well, I'm like, yeah. I am not watching this no more, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I got into an argument with one with a person one time because, not to go on, sorry, now you got me on this thing. Oh, no, no, However, go, Because, uh, yeah, because they were like, oh, slave movies are so informative and it helps people to understand how these things have happened. And, and I was sitting there and I was like, okay. So do you go and watch these? Speaking to this white person, he's like, well, no. And I was like, do you and your friends go and watch these things? You know, you're trying to give this lesson, make sure that we have these quote unquote lessons out there for people to learn. Yet the people that need to learn those lessons aren't the ones who are involved or going to watch these films. Yeah, exactly. And, And they're not, even if they go and watch it, it's not even taking away a lesson. It's not meaning anything besides sitting down and watching a motion picture. And so I'm like, yet for me, I go and I watch it. And again, I'm reminded of every trauma that I've experienced in the classroom when we talked about slavery each year and everyone looked at me. I'm experiencing all the traumas Mm -hmm. that I've imagined on my own just learning these stories. I'm resurging all these emotions that I know are just in my blood because these people actually live these things. And I know that it, it cannot be taken away from the person that I am. Like it is just in me. Yeah. So 
yeah, that's <laughs> that was like a cutoff point for slave movies and 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 for all of that stuff because you know those those stories of pain like yes, it is very true that telling the truth and establishing more factual history and accounts of all the travesties that have taken place on this place called America. Yes, you know. However, it's it's that uh, that cycle of like trauma that we keep getting put through, and it's like, girl, we don't need to learn this lesson. We don't need to learn this story again. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. for y'all. Like, take that into your little private viewing place. Keep that away from me. I don't yeah, need it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So the next ten minutes are yours. <laughs> <laughs> ten? Oh wow. Okay. Let me figure out. <laughs> I could briefly touch, I guess, just going into media. That has been a longstanding issue since media was even really established. Um, But recently, if we're going to touch in kind of just on something that was a little bit more current that most of you may have seen was the Sephora campaign. And I haven't thoroughly jumped into it as much as many others have, but it didn't take much for me to want to. Because when I first seen it, I kind of watched it real quick and then just kept scrolling, but it wasn't like an empowering thing to watch. Like, oh my gosh, I have to share this. Other people were sharing it and I don't know, for whatever reason, it didn't sit right with me, but I'm like, I don't feel like thinking about it right now. This is my me time on social media. Let me just keep scrolling. (laughs) You know, I didn't want to put that switch on or that hat on to feel like I had a rebel or find some really deep thing you know and sometimes you know that can be exhausting as well sometimes to where you always have to be tapped in with your activist hat and i hate to say it that way but sometimes you just want to separate yourself and you come back around to it when Mm -hmm. you're ready to you know and so anyway i was scrolling through i seen it on i think it was facebook but um it was a little bit tokenish, you know. I mean, you have this corporate brand, Sephora, flashing their name over an indigenous face. What else could it be, <laughs> you know, yeah. besides tokenism, a product of tokenism? Um, and so that was my first thought, my immediate, immediate thought, until I seen more people commenting and scrolling on social media and people saying that there's, you know, it's a misrepresentation. And so I moved on. I can't think of the person who put the... Um, Instagram live together, which is really bad. I should have wrote that down. You know their name, right? On um, who hosted the, the it? The handle. Yes, it was amazing. We'll get that before the end of the show, right. so you guys can go well, watch it. But she's like amazing. Tania. I followed her. Yeah, I followed them because I'm like, these are all amazing women. Anyway, on Instagram, they hosted like a live discussion on what they felt the Sephora campaign really portrayed. And overall, the whole concept was really, they had a lack of lack of diversity in the campaign. There weren't, there, you know, there's so many indigenous peoples who have different levels of melanin. You know what I mean? Like, yes. it's not just the light natives or the half-white natives that need to be shown within the media um, nowadays. And, you know, just stating on the fact and um, that it's 2021 and that was kind of the bigger issue. So there's a lot of, there's a few Afro-indigenous um, speakers that were a part of the live discussion. And they made some amazing, 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 Truly amazing. Truly amazing. Yes. And um, 
basically they were just saying that the indigenous movements and the Black Lives Matter movements have been hand in hand. Why didn't you use that opportunity and use that platform to use either an Afro-Indigenous woman or, you know, at least just show some sort of diversity within that commercial and at least just not ones that are just light skinned, you know what I mean? And so, um, they kind of touched on that. And then also what was a really, really strong point they made was the fact of using influencers who aren't really influencing. And, um, they basically just spotlighted like, Hey, they most likely just used that platform to get more followers. They aren't contracts or business savvy to understand what they're really signing or how they're being portrayed or what questions to ask when they're yes. in that room at the corporate table. Um, and if they're not okay with something, they don't know any better to ask the questions that need to be asked to make sure that not only are they be rep- being represented well, but um, on behalf of the entire tribe for one and just race of people that like asking the questions that need to be asked in terms of how they're doing the things that they're, you know, that they're doing. Yeah. Um, which need to be, which needs to change, um, and I think that's very common amongst corporate America. Is they want to paint this picture, they're gonna hype you up, make it sound beautiful, like they're doing the right thing. They're giving us natives a platform, mm-hmm. but what are you really doing? Are we just a token? Are you know where's your money going? Yeah. Are you paying? You know, are you um, contributing to the tribe with? this campaign or are you just showcasing this so you can get your sales up you know and by and i also didn't say this is sephora canada it's not yes um here in the in the states but um cautionary tale for sephora us though very much so yeah yeah i mean it's all the same brand in a sense and so um but yeah so that was what the live talk was just kind of about and just we needing to know and like i always say learning the system to work the system you have to be able to know when you get into a room and if you plan on working with these people it's more than just the picture they're painting you have to make sure hey if this is what you're doing for me what are you doing you know for our people where is this money going why are you using me yes. you know and um so i thought that was very important and then at the end of it and i think you got her name what was her name uh, constanza eliana Yes, she's amazing. So yeah. I think she's Puerto Rican, living in L.A. Is that the one? Correct. She's the one who hosted it. Boricua yes. in L.A. That's right there yes, in her bio. Yes. yes, yes, yes. And so she said something. She said she's seen, seen something and it said, my ancestors didn't survive genocide to be the voice of a colonial brand. And she's like, that hit her. And I'm like, phew, that just hit me. Like, yeah. So she thinks that there's a lot of importance of just if you're going to spotlight, spotlight Native community, really be down for that community. Yes. And understand, okay, um, especially on a corporate level, you have corporate money. So aside from just your brand and trying to get a new market, how are you going to best serve that market? And how are you going to really paint this story? First of all, yes, there are different shades of Natives throughout the country, throughout the world, throughout our you know, within our country. And also it's important to paint, paint. like natives are obviously very protective of elders. You could have had elders. Ooh. I look at B Yellowtail's commercial. Ooh. Have you seen her little campaign that she's done? Um, I think it was a few months ago, okay. but she had elders in her campaign I and I didn't so. really thoroughly okay. look through it all, but it was, I liked how she did it. Yeah. You know, she had elders in there, traditional clothing. I want to say, I mean, she had, she did a good job, Yeah. Um, but it's like, Seeing just seeing corporate people having natives in their campaign without actually helping the community that they're trying to spotlight, it's tokenism. Period. Yeah. You know, you can't just. And if that was me, and they asked me to do it, 
that's the kind of stuff you have to look at and say, okay, yes. it's more than just getting more followers. I need to know how you're actually going to not only portray my people, but what are you doing for them? Yeah. You know, it's not a selfish question to ask. Not at all. Yet it helps hearing other people talk about it because then it reminds you that it's something within your toolkit to bring, especially as you grow and may come into these opportunities or these rooms, these, these places where these projects are created. You know, like not everybody knows necessarily or, or has that in their forefront to, to even question a lot of those things because that was the point that they were making. You know, some of the people are just there to like, they see the easy, oh, this is a quick dollar, not quick dollar. I don't want to, I don't want to cheapen it yet. You know, it, it's a, it's a paycheck and, um, you know, the boosting of the followers mm-hmm. yet moving past that is, yeah, the actual key. One of the contributors said, she was talking about representation. She was like, representation isn't enough alone. You know, I've seen enough black and brown faces on on screens and in these positions of quote unquote power, like talking about government and stuff. Yet, you know, even though you see those black and brown faces there, she was like, yeah, my oppression hasn't changed. You know, Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, that's so key because, yeah, like representation itself isn't enough. Mm -mm. Actual change has to come along with it. Otherwise, it is just like what you're saying, tokenism. Uh, mm-hmm. And her making that very clear distinction or like that extra step was a really cool light bulb moment that I experienced among the many others because all of them, all of them yeah, were spitting truth, spitting facts. They were. they were going for it. And so it was awesome just to even sit there and watch it. And then at the exact same time, from a personal standpoint, there were things that really stood out like that mention of you know when she said that she's like i've seen enough black and brown faces in these places yeah. to know that my oppression hasn't changed and i, I was like that. Ah, i was like girl you better ah, speak <laughs> you know yes yes i was glad she made that statement yeah but it's true i think media and media is all whitewashed and it always has been in so many different ways and so oh where do we even start I feel like with black people, like, like we can start with movies, I guess, and then kind of trickle from there. But I mean, it's all kind of the same. Yeah. But like with black people movies, they always had that justification of slavery and devotion to whites. So like you have mm. Mammy, where they showed her as a beloved figure yep. who refused to leave white fam- families they served, you know, and then transforming Mammy into the modern day black best friend yeah. in many films yeah. where they are seen as standing up for their white counterpart, you know. And then Disney, I mean, shoosh, where do we even start with Disney? I mean, they've they gotten better because they obviously have you know, their films Coco nowadays. Did make me cry. Yeah, <laughs> you got every uh, time. By did so, make me cry. Like, I mean, every time. Uh, oh yeah, and I Soul. love Coco. I love Coco. Yeah, so they're getting better. Yeah. But back then, oh my gosh! And then if you look at the Jungle Book. Ooh, if you look at Peter Pan. Monkeys, yeah, that too. Oh, sorry, when, Jungle Book. With, go for it. <laughs> No, that too, though. It's like, that's what I'm saying. We can't keep up. <laughs> the The Jungle Book, one of the monkeys were named King Louie. And they the that monkey had a few other monkeys that followed him, which was a reference to Louis Armstrong and his bandmates. Yeah. Um, so, and that's crazy. And then obviously you have Pocahontas, Oof. where aside from her that's life being the complete thing. opposite of a fairy tale, they primarily, primarily spotlight the white savior theory. Um but yeah, we were always painted as natives, as savages, when all we've ever really done was protect 
our people and yeah. our lands, yeah. you know. But because the whites weren't able to to so freely take what they wanted, they threw a tantrum by labeling us angry animals or savages. So that's very common. Um, I think between the two, there's a lot of commonalities. Black people, first of all, were always painted as lazy or over-sexualized or money-hungry. And then you have natives who are painted as animals. Um, But both are painted as stupid and unable to understand much of anything. So I feel like that's a very strong commonality. Um, For black people, it was the Mammies, the Uncle Toms, and the Sambos. For natives, it was the Savages and the Indians. Mm -hmm. Um, And then color as well and how they presented us on film even to this day like when you watch different films they don't know how to do the lighting on our faces mm-hmm. they don't know how to do our hair i found out i guess on high school musical the one black girl was on high school oh musical gosh, she wore right. headbands because they didn't know how to do her hair yeah and so I saw that. it's like there's so many different things but if you bring it all the way back um natives were either presented as really red um and then black people are obviously really or really black um so in western films white men wore red right white men who portrayed being native wore red paint on their faces and then black people obviously there was black face um but how that even occurred was or how that even came to be was they would grind up i believe it was lead to make the black paint to put on their faces and then of course wore red lipstick on and around their lips to portray larger lips um, and kind of commonly referenced to monkeys. So there's a lot. It goes deep, 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 deep. And then even to the, I mean, to this day, it's getting better just by us, by black people taking the the reins and native people taking the reins of our own films, even if they are Sundance films and painting the right story that, you know, that needs to be told. But then of course, in magazines and other media, it's a little bit of the same um, like I said, now it's getting better, but um, our skin tone was always whitened um, or made much lighter. Yeah. Their hair always had to appear straighter, lips always thinner, etc. So, so yeah, and then now you have the whites today when they just are trying to look like us as much as possible with getting lip injections, uh. boob and butt injections, wearing braids, and getting regularly scheduled tans. Oh, like, it's a lot. So it's a lot to deal with. Yeah. And you can't... I don't want to say you can't blame, like we were mentioning before, I like the Native community, all they, that they really have is entertainment or had was entertainment yes. when it came to black people. But yes. that's because they were, you know, that's all we had. And it was playing, yes. you know, constantly. So it's going to take a lot for us to reverse that. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a lot more Native and black and even Asian, and Indian, Latino people to... Yeah create write their own story for them to see a new narrative you know but it's up to us to do that yeah oh my god did i get my 10 minutes worth (laughs) (laughs) i think i clocked you in at 857 so all right one minute and three seconds left (laughs) (laughs) no just playing yo that was so good that was so good thank you for breaking that down in that way yeah (laughs) you come through with that type of stuff i I love it Well, it helps because because that's the thing is that I don't always even have that thought. You know, I'm like, oh, people get it, you know, yet Mm -hmm. people don't get it. You have to. And that's the thing is I always thought people got it because it's common sense. You know, for me, it's common sense. But then nowadays you got the you got the movement going on. It's bringing up more pictures, more histories, more research. And white people over here shook that slavery even existed. So, like, there's a lot that I think that is common sense that apparently it is not. It's not. You have to break it all the way down. And actually breaking it all the way down puts it in their face. Yes. You know? And the only way we're able to change anything is for people to start taking acceptance of their
their histories. Yes. You know, yeah, you, you don't want to be affiliated with it, but it is what it is. You think we want to be affiliated with slavery? You think we even wanted to be here? So, like, right. I mean, black people, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know, so it's important to acknowledge and take ownership. The first step is putting it in people's face and laying it on the table yeah. so that way they have enough interest to take it, walk away with it and look into it and do more. And if they don't get angry, if they don't get upset, then they're part of the problem as well. Yeah. Just saying. Ooh, girl, and you just <laughs> said so. <laughs> and, this is, and this is our job, you know. Yeah. Not everyone is ready to have or hear these uncomfortable conversations, and unfortunately, turning away only makes them a part of the problem. They're unknowingly creating this platform for us. Yeah. Well, th- yeah, that's the thing. Well, it's funny too, because then you were talking. Uh, excuse me, as I like choke on myself. <laughs> did you ever do that where you like? have like a little I bit just, of like I did it I did it like... I think I handled it really well but I, it happened to me while I was just talking and then you're like okay did I really just choke myself <laughs> I just keep talking I just keep going <laughs> you ever see those memes where it's like um when you have to cough in class and they're just like pure red with veins popping out of their head but you don't want to cough in class <laughs> it's the worst and yo then like now the pandemic hasn't helped you know no. even like with a mask on and like whatever feet apart no. you know you'll still be it's like, like i promise i don't got covid you have to say that announcement <laughs> like it's not covid <laughs> right and you're not gonna scoot away anyway because it's like is it is it not covid <laughs> do you really know yo the antitrust there's absolutely no trust between None. people right now uh, which is wild, you know. That's I kind of like it though because it's like, bro, just stay six away from me oh, anyway. Always, yo, and there's still people oh, just, who get up on me just to get you away from me. Seriously, can you please, can you please get back? Anyways, yeah. <laughs> well, Gosh. thank you again for running all that stuff down because I even forgot about Disney itself, and uh, mm. I used to play uh, go out and catch the engines with my cousins all the time. Because that was a whole part in Peter Pan with the Lost Boys. Uh, we're out to fight the engines, the engines, the engines. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. And we used to play that part mm-hmm. all the time. And we would walk around the house in a circle. So here we are on the reservation in my grandparents' house or in my uncle's house, wherever we may have been watching the movie. And we're following along, you know. And we're we're singing the song about going out and catching these shysty engines and, and killing them. Mm-hmm. And when the Lost Boys get captured by them, then it's like, oh, no, this is a bad part. And it's strange because I remember even as a kid, like, that part, whatever, we did it because it was, like, a cute song and it went along with this movie. And it was cool because part of it, like, yeah, I see some teepees in here. You know, I see some drumming. I see a few things that align with things that I see in my actual world. And at the exact same time, understanding what is this whole thing about a red man being red? And why are these people dancing like this? And Mm -hmm. uh, what is this whole, I don't get it. You know, it was strange because in the one part, yeah, it's like, oh, there's an actual visual in front of me that shows, quote unquote, Native American people. And here I am with my Native American family. And so I'm like, oh, great. It's so awesome to see that. And at the exact same time, there's so many deep layers of hatred and an actual just like, I don't want to say brainwashing, yet it is, you know. Um, And it's another form of genocide and like killing us in the public eye, too, so that we're dehumanized Mm -hmm. as real people. 
Yeah. Which I didn't understand at the time. And now I look back at it and I see it. A, look back at it. Nay. Well, I'm trying to make a good point. <laughs> okay, stay My focused. <laughs> <laughs> I look back at those moments. There we go. And mm. uh, just, it blows my mind. And the same thing with Pocahontas, like coming to a whole reckoning with that movie. Because I used to love Pocahontas so much for the fact that she actually called people out on stuff like the not she as in the greater actual thing yet in the movie the character was like the first to say something you know i don't know i guess like out of all the disney princesses she actually had power she would jump off of waterfalls she would commune with grandmother willow she had relationship with earth and with i don't know she just like i liked that about it Mm mm-hmm and it, yeah, again, it wasn't until later until I was just like, oh my gosh, like the sexu- sexualization and the white savior part, like you're saying, and just all the other tremendous atrocities that come from that one cartoon. Uh, it's crazy. It's a process. Yeah. Uh, because again, it's, it's both things being true at the exact same time. One, you can feel validated. You know, the greatest line to come out of Disney is in Pocahontas. These white men can't be trusted. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, when her dad says that, it's the truth. So yeah. I'm like, there's a gem in there. Mm-hmm. Here and there. Yet, it doesn't take away from everything else. And so, yeah, it's crazy just understanding that both things can be true. Like, yes, this was a moment. Yes, this has moments, possibly. Yeah, at the exact mm-hmm. same time, it's causing all this harm. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. So what Trust about issues, like... Especially in media, for sure, I think. I mean, everybody who... Like, I had an opportunity... Was it last month? No, March, April, May, June. Three months ago. Um, okay. And... She's a really, really amazing woman. Her name is Rachel, and she has this clothing line called Tonely Design. Okay. And so I get this random woman in my inbox, and like my mom was reading, like, do you even know her? I'm like, I don't know. She's just on Instagram, and she wants me to model her clothes. And so, like, (laughs) and so, well, first I thought it was about beadwork. Like, hey, we just want to, you know, interview you for the work that you do and activism, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, oh, we want you to model the clothes. And so then I'm like, shoot, this might be a deeper issue. Like, I might have to actually look into Mm, this. So I looked into it. And um, everything checked out. So we went out there. I was in Colorado. And just getting to know her and speak to her, she was just like, so she basically has a clothing line that um, she gets her work from Cambodia. But she gives all the credit to the Cambodians. She's a white woman. But she gives all the credit to the uh, Cambodians. And she was doing this campaign to where she just wants to spotlight um, like indigenous peoples for their artwork and for what they do and who they are. Got it. And so, and even just sitting there and we actually stayed with her. And so we got to really get to know her and I thought that she was going to cry. Like she was just like, I'm so sorry for, you know, I oh. can't change anything, but I want to give you this platform and it's amazing what you're doing. And you're more than welcome to put your beadwork in our clothing shoot. Like oh. she's like, and you, you like, she's like, I know you like elk. Like I don't eat meat, but you're more than welcome to come anytime. We have a lot of elk that comes in our property. And I'm just like, no, it's okay. Oh. Like, she's I love me to hunt even? Yeah, she exactly. <laughs> she was just like. She's like, we want to invite certain tribes to come out because we get masses of elk that just wander through our yard. Like, we want to be able to pay it forward because we know we're on indigenous land, you know. And so 
that was like that was you know we need more of her to actually use a platform or create a platform not create a platform for Mm -hmm. us because we can make our own platform but you know it's like then it's like man like what do i do like (laughs) you know like it's not there's nothing to protest there's nothing to be angry about because she's She's very apologetic when she doesn't necessarily need to be, but she is. And she's doing an amazing thing by giving credit where credit's due and doing what she can to, you know, provide, not provide, but be be, like with her land. I thought that was a, you know, that was interesting to hear. You don't ever hear why people are trying like, you know, you can do whatever, like come by, do whatever you need to do. Like, I know this is your original lands, like whatever you you need that tree, you can chop down. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it was like, and I just felt bad because she literally was just like really like apologizing and, you know, really trying to do the most for me and for, you know, and really understand my perspective. So I actually really appreciated it. So that's what we like when I say, you need to know who you're working for and understand mm. their perspective. Like she was an example of just, you know, really being able to talk to her and understand what she does and why she does it. Um, those are the questions and questions we need to learn how to ask as indigenous people when we're art, we are putting whatever, whether it's our art or, you know, our talent on the line to showcase with, you know, partnered with another person's name or yeah. whatever it is. So, but yeah, so I had my own little experience, but she was she was great, you know. She was trying to do as much as possible to make sure everyone got the credit that they deserved. Yeah. How did you feel processing? Have you, like, done that entire project all the way through now? Yeah, so it was an Earth Day campaign that was in partnership with Vogue Business. Okay. And um, so she was in charge of basically the whole campaign from, I mean, I don't know the specifics, but from the looks of it, she was in charge of the entire campaign. So she got so many different um, different forms of artistry um, to come together and share their stories and why what they do um, is important. And she was very, 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 very selfless. And so... I liked how she's like, hey, I have this opportunity. It's yeah. not about me, yeah. but I need to show, show, you know, what's actually important. And she compensated everyone that needed to be compensated. And Go off. just made sure she can do what she needs to do, you know, doing what she can do. And she put herself last in so many ways. But, yeah, it turned out to be a really, really good campaign. And so I was actually proud to be a part of it as well. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Come on, Vogue Business. But see, it's hard, though, because it's like if you get a corporation or a platform, like I under- I don't want to say I understand both sides, mm-hmm. but I feel like with Sephora, if it was me and I got approached with Sephora, I'm like, oh, shoot, it's Sephora. Yeah. Like, how can I use this? Maybe me just being in it and speaking my language, acknowledging my people, like that gets my people out there. So yeah. that would be my first instinct, but yeah. you have to know better to know, okay, so what is this actually doing for my people? Am I being considered a token? What are, you know what I'm saying? Those are the yeah. questions you just have to know to ask, but I can also see a side of it to where let's get us out there, yeah. you know? So, I mean, it's a, it's a hard toss up, but if it, that's why if you are going to be in these limelights and you are going to work with these corporations and you need to know to either have a lawyer on hand or on the backboard, if you don't know mm. how to get a lawyer, Google it. The Google, the Google will tell you everything right. you need to know. <laughs> like if you want to build a spaceship, there's a blueprint to the spaceship. Therefore <laughs> yes. you can find everything on Google on how to do it. If you don't know how to do something, I don't know does not suffice anymore, yes. but um, it's like, you just have to know to get other people involved and don't do it selfishly moving forward. It's good to ask questions. It's good to say kootenu and it's good to, you know, find people that are in your corner who actually know the business. Because if you have a corporation coming at you or any business for that matter, business is going to be business and they're going to do what they need to do for the progression of themselves first, you know? 
you know, and I hate to say it that way because I have businesses, but you know, there there are some good ones and there are some bad ones. So, yeah. <laughs> especially corporations, national corporations, those are the ones you have to look out for. Yeah, for sure. And again, always know that more than one thing can be true at the exact same time. You know, good things can come out of bad places. Exactly. And it, it really does matter where you put your money. I was listening to a speech by Malcolm X and he was like, when you go to these different stores, are they helping you? Are they helping your community? And I'm just paraphrasing here, but yeah, yeah. basically that's what he's saying. So it's important to to understand where your money is going and where what's providing from it. You know, I yeah. think of being in on our res, we have our locally owned coffee shop, Black Bison. Shout out to them. Come on. Um, and then you have Dutch Brothers. Right. And no hate to no hate to Dutch Brothers, but it's like you're going to drive 40 minutes, essentially. Ooh. Right. Going 20 minutes into town, yeah. t- 20, 20 minutes back. And for the little high schoolers who like to flex their Dutch Bros cup within the class, it's like, what are they doing? Yeah, they're going to be super friendly to you at the window, make you feel accepted, make you feel that much better of taking, you know, so they can take your money and for you, they could, for them to continue taking your money. But where are they where are they really providing people in? Those towns don't necessarily, they're not a fan for fan of us completely. You know what I'm saying? They barely yeah. even know about our community. Yeah. What, how are they helping us out? But yet you have your own locally owned, native owned coffee shop sitting right there in your community who Come helps on. all of you, helps your school provide for different things. They just made a donation to my event today. Where oh, is that? Their, yes. their money is going back into our tribal community. So that way we can all thrive and grow together, create a name. How do you expect for us to be to grow as a tribe economically when you keep shoving your money to these white hands. You know what I mean? Put it back into your community. It matters where your money goes. But yeah, I can't stress that enough. (laughs) I just didn't want to talk. (laughs) I I just want to let that one sit. I said, yeah, let the girl simmer with this one because that was a whole... That was the whole thing. It's important. <laughs> and so like now, and I'm glad I watched that IG Live because yes. they were dropping names for native-owned um, makeup companies. That's and I'm right. like, okay, right. I'm going to start buying native. One of them's even Afro-Indigenous as well. And I'm sure there's more than just one, but I'm like, I want to start looking into this as well. So then that way I can start putting my money towards towards um, black and brown-owned businesses. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for saying that. And yeah, again, shout out Black Bison. Black Bison, as I mess yes, up the word. Gang, gang. Girl, don't mess up the beow, commercial. Beow, beow, beow. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> that I didn't is so do that you. this show. <laughs> that is so you. You have it. Yes. You are the button. <laughs> it's getting better. It's getting better. Oh, I need to get a few more sound effects down <laughs> back. <laughs> I'm going to send you some samples. No, I'm playing. <laughs> Oh, Lord, don't even put that on me because I will go at it confidently and it will sound terrible. (laughs) I love it. Again, it's the fearlessness for me. (laughs) Yo, so actually, yeah, touching back, I scrolled past the Sephora thing, too. Yeah, I watched Mm -hmm. it and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's beautiful. It's great. It's all the things because it is. It's very much all the things. Yeah, I didn't. That was it. I was like, "Okay, cool. Support like. Yes. Keep it pushing. I didn't even realize all the drama. And I didn't immediately either. Yeah. At first I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But then once I watched it, the fact that we just watch it and keep scrolling, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the bigger issue. I feel like it's yeah. not like, because us as natives, we're very supportive of, of one another in everything that we do. If we think it's dope, we're going to share it. Yes. We're going to comment. Yes. We're going to send it to our friends, our yes. cousins, our grandparents, my uncles, our aunties. Like we, you know, we're really what like tightly knit within native communities yeah. so the fact that we just kind of look at it and keep scrolling yeah what is 
you know, what is, what's that all about? I think that's a bigger, bigger issue. I didn't realize that there was a controversy necessarily yeah. over it. And then once I watched it, I'm like, dang, that's, that's kind of true, you know, to where it's like, yeah, you're not really representing the overall picture mm-hmm. of where we are today, you know, and how we are today. And I didn't realize it was a bigger issue of, well, I mean, it just makes sense. Sometimes it's like we just get so comfortable and not seeing ourselves represented yeah. that we don't realize there's an issue when there is an issue. You know, I didn't even think about, I've never seen an Afro-Indigenous person no. on any platform necessarily, no. or at least acknowledged as one. Yeah. So I didn't immediately think that this is an issue because there's no Afro-Indigenous people in there. I've never thought it thought that way. But I think we're in a time to where it's okay to say that, yeah. you know, so. Well, that's the thing is know. that for me, it, it's kind of the opposite in that I just didn't expect or like I, I expected to not see myself, you know, I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, boom, too. it's another it's another native thing. Okay, cool. Of mm-hmm. course, there's none of me in there, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same. Yeah. And so that's why I was just like, again, it's it's that normalization of like, well, of course, y'all didn't have us in there. So, psh, yes, like, yes, I'm down for the cause because I am part of the cause. And at the exact same time, you know, well, yeah, here I am again in another way, in another one of my intersections in life being excluded from something Mm -hmm. that I'm technically a part of. And that kind of continues over into I've been watching Rutherford Falls. Oh, I want to watch that. It's so good. It's on Peacock, right? So good, so good. Yes, if you haven't, go out and watch Rutherford Falls. Peacock is free, Shadi. So anyone can get out there and get it. I need um, to. I'll do that. Maybe I'll do that tonight yeah. while I have a bead sesh. Ooh, yes. Uh, so <laughs> I, I'm loving the show, and it's so great. It's so masterful, and it's so awesome. And at the exact same time, um, I also have to keep reconciling with the fact that when it comes to anything Native American on TV, on movies, I'm not going to see anyone that looks like me. I'm not going to see... exactly anyone that looks like us you know we're not going to see any mixed natives unless it's you know a certain type um, that is deemed permissible by the world Mm -hmm. yet every other type of mixed native is invalid or -hmm. just invisible Ooh, i had a little oprah moment my bad i know i was like run that back one time No, you had, it shook me real quick. You see my eyes go, wait, what? Like, yes. I'm my eyebrows went down a little bit. <laughs> All right, come my on, bad. Oprah. Come on, Harpo. Oprah moment. Oh, my bad. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So stupid. No, but you get what I'm saying, though, because it's like, yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. true. It's just like, we become so normalized to that. Like, yes, it is native, yet they're not us. And that extends to everything. Like, I remember being given casting calls all the time. Yo, Kellen, we know you're in the arts. You're a performer. We've seen you act in plays. We know that you did that growing up. Yo, there's this opportunity. They're looking for native actors for this thing. I read the rundown. Mm, that's not me. You know? And that's yeah. that's been the case yeah, ever hard. since I was like a, a young teenager. I was like getting sent these things uh, all the way through adulthood. And people would always be like, oh my gosh, you're a performer. You're an artist. You do these things. Here, go do, go, go, go. Here's this casting call for this native call for this thing and that. Yeah. They're not looking for me. Mm-hmm. And that's, <laughs> it's just like, it's the standard, you know, it's just another, yeah. another version of the different, I guess, discriminations that mm-hmm. are, are, are two different communities and outside of that are many communities 
experience. Yeah, and we shouldn't have to have to deal with that. But I mean, look at what we're doing now. We're creating a whole other platform for people who are Afro Indigenous who don't. Which goes back see to what you're saying. And it's like, hey, yes, well, mm-hmm. we have to create it, you know, like. Because it's not there yeah. for us. It's, so it, we have it, to do it ourselves. Yeah. And just like um, James Baldwin was saying, it's like you have to, it takes people being grassroots. It takes people getting yes. up and doing what they need to do anyway. You don't have to be a certified, you know, organization or nonprofit. It takes people like us who just get out there and do it to make a difference. We shouldn't have to have a, a white man's yes to do the things that yeah. are actually going to bring change to our world and our communities. And, you know, it takes us to just get out and do it and we're doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if we get shut down, hey, do it again. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's just like it takes a certain kind of drive and momentum and just overall clarity of who you are and what you want to appeal to and just to make a difference. And we, you know, I know there is no big and there's no small. Like there's no minimal, like minimal change that one can do. It's like if you get started, you're making a difference already. Like yeah. don't feel like you have to know this much to get started just get started like you're already making a difference you know there's so many underrepresented black and brown people you know who have created history by not necessarily knowing everything that they're doing but they got started and that's what they're known for is attempting to do this and so and if you can't get through the front door what they say go through the back door right you can't get through the back door you hop through that window yep if not, th- burn that whole mother down. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, figure out a way. And if you're passionate to do it, then do it. And that's always something that I kind of done um, to where it's like, hey, this is what I want to do. So I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know, and you can't be scared to fail, you know, especially when it comes to race and culture and community. You know, that's 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 huge. Yeah. Look um, at you, little mm. powerful black native woman. <laughs> Out here conquering the world. I see you. I'm trying. I'm trying. Girl succeeding. You are succeeding. Yeah. Someone said they don't like the word. Oh, it's from the IG Live. She was like, I don't like using the term decolonizing. Oh, and you don't either, right? She mm-hmm. was like, nope. because how can you make something that always has been colonized uncolonized? So yes. she's like, that's why you have to just only indigenize spaces. And I remember you saying that you don't use decolonize. I and do I not. didn't think of it. I didn't, I'm like, huh, why? But, and then when she kind of broke it down, I was like, that makes sense, you know? Like, our country has always been colonized as far, well, I mean, not not always, let's get that straight, but, like, has came came over and um, became so deeply rooted in colonization to where we, you know, they have started and established so much to where we can't necessarily take that and then, Decol- I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense, but like yeah. decolonize it from that way. It's like our way in order for us to quote unquote decolonize is by indigenizing, by planting our own seeds and our yeah. our own roots and spreading that way. If yeah. that makes sense. It That's makes kind sense. of the way I, I broke it down and thought about it. That's awesome. Thank you. And I've only been decolonized free for about two years. Uh, and again, this goes great. This is beautiful because it actually ties back into the top of the conversation with my disconnect from white media or just making sure that I'm focusing as much as I can on media that has black and brown faces and black and brown positive storylines or interesting, informative storylines. Hmm. And uh, yeah, because I suffered, the other part of what I mentioned was like trauma. You know, I went through this thing with a person who by extension um, was like the face of whitehood and whiteness. 
And it goes back to something that you said when it's just like, it's not common sense. And so here I was living my life in, in, in a lot of whiteness, thinking it's common sense because here you are in proximity to me. I'm, I'm sharing my space, my thoughts, um, everything in my world is giving this perspective of, hey, these are the atrocities of the world. These are the historical, or these are the traumas that historically have affected uh, my people. These are the things that I'm working through and processing for a better future. And so then I mm-hmm. think, oh, it's, it's understood, yet it's not. It's not common sense. And uh, that was like a huge eye-opening moment for me is just understanding that and so then I came back, or so that was in 2019. And so when I when I was coming back to the homelands and back to my family, I was like, I am going to decolonize the f out of my life. You know, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm extracting <laughs> all of it. I'm getting it all out. Yeah. And I remember saying this. You know, I was so passionate. And uh, my cousin's wife, she was like, Oh yeah, in school we talked about this actually about you know decolonizing and how you know we can't really ever decolonize a, a colonized structure. Uh, and so she's yeah. like, more so we work on the language of reclamation and reclaiming and revitalization uh, sure. and indigenization. And I was like, duh, why didn't I think of that? Because again, yeah, here my whole effort was to take away from this system, this structure, yet all my attention was at that system and that structure and tearing away what I could from it rather than, yeah. you know, shifting all my energy to the right and looking at this, you know, beautiful thing that I can nurture, I can plant these seeds, as you say, and I can nurture mm-hmm. this garden, I can reclaim my language, I can revitalize my culture, I can indigenize yeah. my space, I can and, and reclaim and revitalize, you know, that's just that's not just native, you know, again, this is coinciding with my whole black journey, as I'm, yeah. you know, growing deeper and deeper in connection with uh, having actual attachments to my biological father, and to that side of the family. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, once I realized that, I was like, yeah, gosh, you know, again, going back to limited hour, n- limited number of hours in each day and limited number of days in my life. So when I have that choice every day, let me focus on these things that I can reclaim and nurture and revitalize and, you know, kind of pay dust to the rest because the, the rest is going to be there regardless, regardless, mm-hmm. it's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so it's like. Let me at least put my attention over here, because mm-hmm. uh, I know how to do all the other stuff. I, I, yeah, you know, I've walked in that world. Yeah, for sure. I think of um, something Inajaha Lone Wolf said. She said, "We're all indigenous. Like black yes. and brown people are all indigenous because we're all native to some place." Yes, you know. Yes. I'm like, dang, yeah. I guess I never. I only affiliated it with like Native American people, obviously. Yeah. And so for the for her to break it down, I'm like, yeah, that's true. Because I would release, I had like on my beadwork page, I'd release, you know, indigenous, like it it will just say indigenous Mm -hmm. on it. And I had people who are like black buying them, right? And so I immediately thought, I'm like, but you're not indigenous. But like, then when she said it that way, and I was like, oh, but we are. You know what I mean? You can't just categorically use that word for just natives. I think she, I was like, okay, like, all right. That makes sense. And, like, it wasn't like I was against, like, no, this only is for Native people. It just made me curious. Like, yeah. Oh, you know? And so it's true. So I like being able to say, yeah, indigenizing spaces definitely mm-hmm. works more and more than just, you know, making Native spaces. It's, yes. like, creating spaces for all of us, you know? Yes. 
Yes. And reestablishing connection to land because building off of that, thank you for that because Acacia Red Elk, I take her virtual classes on... Look at us name dropping. I know. (laughs) You know, this is the episode. Y'all all all got your shout outs. I know. Uh, Pendleton Yoga Studio, they do online classes as well as in person. And uh, Mm -hmm. Acacia Red Elk, she does a powwow yoga. And that's one of the things that she talks about. She addresses right at the top of class. You know, people will ask me, am I allowed to do powwow yoga? Because it's powwow dances. I don't want to appropriate. I don't want to do these things. Um, And then it's really great because she always she does a really great job of opening the space and saying, you know, we all have indigenous roots somewhere. All of us have ancestors that had direct connection to land and space, just like you were saying. Mm -hmm. And I always love that because it is very true. You know, history. History starts and shows where you want to go on the timeline. If you only want to go back 250 years that's where history starts. If you want to go back exactly. 2000, that's where history starts. So history is just a, a concept of where you want to start the timeline. So again, yeah, yeah very much sure. it's that thing. It's like, yes, we are all indigenous. We all have connection to the land and ways of stewarding and uh, surviving and uh, being yeah. in communion with the land. We all have that root in ourselves somewhere. Uh, and it's just mm-hmm. how, how can we tap into it best? For sure. Yeah. Can I say one last thing? Yes, you can always say one Thank last you. thing over I guess, and over huh? again. I know. I was like, this is my Zoom. This is your show. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is my Zoom account. Uh, they, they, can't, they can't tap into our into our Zoom and they can't tell us what to do. We can uh, say what we want to say. Now there's going to be like a hack on my Zoom account being like, we need to stop these two. <laughs> no, I'm playing. <laughs> I know. I'm just waiting, right? I already got a backup name yeah. as a second identity ah, for our show. Just kidding, a no, burner name. Go ahead. Speaking of history and where we started, uh, that is one thing, and we can actually even cut this. I'll leave it there, just in case. Um, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case I actually do want to cut it. Uh, Do you know who runs the IG for the tribe? Well, okay, my, the main point that I really, the thing that really kind of I saw in my week, because again, like you mentioned, I like to go to my Instagram, my Twitter, my Facebook for like a cute little moment to escape and get away from the things. And I noticed how the name for the tribe on Instagram changed. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. Uh, it's not Nest Purse Tribe it's anymore? It's not Nest Purse Tribe anymore. Uh, it's actually NPT 1855. See, I, I don't, okay, a quick, just quick little blurb for me i don't understand why we rep the treaty of 1855 so hard treaties are not a positive thing like i hate that it's on our flag yeah i don't get it yeah but anyway that's my little bit i just i don't understand why we rep it so hard well that's that is the bit thank you for reacting in that way because that's that's exactly my thing because then i was just and then as soon as and i only remembered it because i was talking about when we start history you know and i'm like i don't like that like yes it's i like get it leash. it's cute it's cute that it's like oh cute like npt 1855 like no, it's like it's, it's a dope cute. like digital handle yeah, you yeah, know I get it, like it's cute in that way <laughs> yet yet it's it's not a good look for us in general and i just don't no. like again very much as you're saying like one our history doesn't start at 1855 it doesn't start with the treaty signing it doesn't start with contact our history goes back much further and so that's why I'm like, I understand wanting to like be cool and hip with like the understand. active internet. Okay, you don't go off. Yes, I don't, go like, off. I don't understand. Like, I want to understand why they rep it so hard. For when I see Treaty of 1855, I see a leash. Okay. Like, I see 
us being prideful of our handouts. Like, yes. I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. But maybe I need to go through because I haven't read the treaty. But still, the fact that we, it's a treaty. You know what I mean? Cracking. Like that's why yeah. I don't really have yeah. that energy to do it. Like when I sit down and read it, I know I'm gonna get angry. I yes. know I'm gonna get upset. So it's like that's why I haven't stepped. So why do we promote it on our flag? That just shows that the white man still has control of us. Yeah. Like I feel like that needs to be changed with something else. And I just, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. Thank you for But I want to know. Yes. Don't get me wrong. I want to know. I'm someone who I don't like complaining or giving a full opinion of something I don't mm. necessarily understand. Yes. Even if it's something so hateful, yeah, I might get my initial reaction might be anger or it might be confusion or it might be, you know, irritation. But I am going to ask those questions. Okay, well, why do you do this? Yeah. Why do you? So then I have, and if I feel like after they give me that statement or give me their answer, then I have every right to feel how I want to feel. But I try to be somewhat yeah. understanding. Like, okay, let me ask questions. As opposed to get mad immediately, let me ask questions to understand where they're coming from. And it's the same thing with the tribe. I want to understand. I don't mind going into Neptic during their Wednesdays or whatever when they have allow people in there. would be like, okay, what's the deal with the Treaty of 1865? I wouldn't mind protesting taking that off of our flag, to be honest, yeah. or getting some sort of signage. What are those called? Um... A petition. A petition. Yeah. Thank you. I was like, I had a pee in my word. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, I just, I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah. I really just don't understand it. Don't get me wrong. I want to, yeah. but I don't. I want to understand their reasoning, but I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Well, yes. Thank you for being intentional with your language. But too. anyway, I'm sorry no, I took over that whole it. entire you, bit you, for you, you because this is something thing. you wanted to say. No, no, you made the thing. That was yeah. it. We're actually, that no, was take it. this. And put it on Instagram because somebody's going to hear it. Yeah. Take our little bit and make the little bits that you do because, oh, I mean, take, all, take yeah, the yeah, names I see what you're out. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, like, that part. Yeah. Quick, quick yeah. 15 or whatever. Just pull a few sentences out of our little combo because I feel like, first of all, it needs to be heard. Yeah, right. So know? that's why I felt and like I, I wanted to say to it. Because we might not be the only ones who feel this way. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm so glad. Well, again, thank you for making the moment because literally that was my internal moment that I had when I saw it. And I was like, ooh. Yeah. And I feel like maybe some people, and this is how, this is me just trying to be optimistic yeah. with why people put it on the flag and rep it so hard and put it, label it everywhere, is that maybe our founding fathers, you know what I'm saying? It's more of a respect thing to them mm. and learning what they needed to learn and make the decisions they needed to make on behalf of the betterment of the tribe as best they could. Yeah. But that is where we come back into one of our way past discussions, right? When we're talking about the tribe and their traditions and why they move the way they move, that some things nowadays just need to, cha need yes. to change. Yeah. You know, now we have a platform that not many people, like if we had this platform back in 1855, yeah. you know what I mean? Like where times are, are changing yeah. and we're able to make decisions that we weren't always able to make. So we have to get out of these different habits and spotlighting our own traumas you know what I mean? Yeah. I guess I can just leave it there. We need to stop spotlighting our own traumas in order yes. to, we're not going to be able, we can't do that and move forward at the same time. You can't move forward and look back at the same time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, you can't create a future by staring at your past. And I think that's a way of us staring at our past is seeing the treaty of 1855 stamped absolutely everywhere. It just seems like chains still, yeah. you know? Even if we have those chains or we don't, like, yeah. like we don't want to, we don't want to memorialize what was taken from us. Mm -hmm. 
you know, or how much was taken from us. It's like our tribe is making moves best they can in terms of getting more land. Yeah. You know, white people are giving us our land back, like, yeah. you know, yeah. and that's great. And so why succumb what we're doing now with something that wasn't able to be done in the past? Like, I just, I don't get it. Mm. <laughs> yeah well you stop singing stuff so no much i love that you do sound. i actually hope that that is the theme of the next episode because yeah here we were trying to tackle all of uh, all of media and we really only made it through movies uh so that um, gives us that gives us time to hit our tv two. books our social media and our music i'm not i'm not our the best music. singer like you <laughs> music <laughs> Uh, no, I don't want that song. Hmm. What other song do I know has what music has in it? music? I know. Oh, dang Chloe, it. my sister plays this game with me. <laughs> She'll word? give us a word. Oh, like word association? Like, sing a song. Yeah, and yes. I'm like, huh. I was actually killing it. Do you watch that on YouTube? It. No. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to send you one. You're going to live by. And, uh, Some people, like, straight up watch YouTube. Yeah. Like, like all day long and i'm like i don't do that like i don't know what to like watch like i the only thing i do get on youtube for um so i guess i am frequently on youtube but i watch a lot of business videos so i watch noel noel um randall definitely check her out to learn like business stuff because she's huge and she's black noel randall grant cardone um i just watched started watching another one so i watch all these business videos but when people say they watch YouTube and like that's all they watch like over Netflix they don't watch Netflix Hulu anything else like what are you watching on, yes. on YouTube yeah they'll be stuff they'll, they'll literally be stuff that, he, he does like singing stuff, stuff so it's fun I'm gonna send you a fun what is his name? episode Terrell Williams uh, no it's the Terrell show um he does like singing show. stuff and they okay. do word association so yeah he'll give a that'd be a, a fun guest a word game. and then the guest has 10 seconds to sing it it's fun, yeah, and I yeah, the guest can actually Please sing. Please don't stop the music. Hey, I just got one. <laughs> it's getting late. Ha! <laughs> I'm making my way over to my favorite place. <laughs> yes. Don't get me started on Robin, girl. I know. Here I we was, go. I was heavy in her discography because she was dropping an album a year, so I was in it. Um, I know. And that's crazy. <laughs> she stays relevant. I she know. hasn't dropped nothing in years. Yo. She's still doing she still she don't care. She's gonna like, do what she wants to At do. Uh uh-uh. And I live. No. I live. She's like I drop something, I feel like dropping something. Like I'm still I'm still a boss. Yes. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? It's everything. I'm still a sahiskis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yo, no better way. Thank you so much. All right, let's get on here. We gotta jump back on in like two and a half hours. I'll see you next time. (laughs) (laughs) We want to thank everybody for tuning in today. As always, it's a pleasure to be here with my crew, simply talking our Black Native talk like we do. There's a whole lot more for us to discuss, though, so stay locked in. You can check out our episodes on quantumtheorypod.com and feel free to send in any topics, questions, or small business shout outs to our socials. And you might just hear us discuss it on air. Our IG handle is at quantumtheorypod. And you can also find us on facebook.com backslash quantumtheory. So be kind to yourself out there. Know that you're a boss and drink plenty of water. Kotskiya pihechnu. See you next time. <laughs>